BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here this morning, this hour, and for the rest of this hour, the dreaded D word, drought. It's not even summer yet, and the Sierra snowpack, which millions of Californians rely on for water, is already gone. Yesterday, Santa Clara became the latest Bay Area water district to announce mandatory water restrictions, with months of hot, dry weather expected to come. The drought has huge implications, of course, for cities, farms, efforts to fight wildfires and more. And joining us to talk about all that, Ellen Hannock. She is vice president and director of the Water Policy Center with the Public Policy Institute of California. Ellen, good to have you back on Forum. Good morning. Nice to be here. And also joining us, Gary Kremen. He is vice chair of the Valley Water Board of Directors. Gary, good morning to you as well. Good morning, everyone. Let me begin with you, Gary. Uh, tell us a bit about what went into the decision yesterday and uh, uh, exactly what the district decided. Gary, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, good. hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Go right um, ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, well, we're in a real world of herd here in Santa Clara County. Um, half our storage is down for 10 years to a seismic retrofit that was ordered by the federal government, number one. Number two, there's hardly any water flowing south, both through the federal project and the state project. Our allocation on one side is 5% of normal. On the other side for agriculture, it's 0% of normal. And for municipal and industrial customers, it's just been reduced to 25%. And we're finding it almost impossible to buy water out there um, and get it transferred in the Santa Clara County. So we're in a real world of hurt, even though we've been conserving for years. Hmm. And uh, what are the options you have? I mean, what, what exactly did the district do yesterday and how's that going to affect uh, customers? So we declared a local emergency, which means we're asking for our retailers. We're, for the most part, a wholesaler. We sell water to kind of the retailers who sell to people, other than well owners who we sell to directly. Uh, to start conserving. Um, we had voluntary conservation. Now we're asking for mandatory conservation, 15% over last year. That's the biggest thing that it does. It also allows us to move certain projects faster without CEQA, which is something that makes some of our projects run really slow. 
CEQA, California Environmental Quality Act. That's right. Uh, Ellen, uh, let's give us a bigger picture of what's happening at, you know, throughout the Bay Area and even at the state level. Um, you, we just heard what's happening uh, at uh, in Santa Clara, but uh, we've had other municipalities. I think the city of Sonoma did something similar the other day, um, and the governor has declared a drought emergency in many counties throughout the state. Uh, what's the big picture? Uh, what would you add to what we just heard from Gary? So- Big big picture is that that Gary's uh, area is not the only one that is in in a tight spot right now. Um, the the state is really facing pretty much statewide drought. Um, it, we're in just the second year of of this drought, and it's as bad right now as as year three of the last drought, which was a record drought. So um, th- things are really tough. You know, agriculture, as Gary said, is. A lot, a lot of farmers are getting zero surface water deliveries, and there are communities that are uh, like Marin that, and the the folks in Sonoma and Mendocino County that are that are rely very much on on local supplies, and it's it's normally wetter there than in most of the rest of the state, and they've been in in really dry conditions. So Marin has had mandatory conservation also put in place. And San Francisco, uh, which has the Hetch Hetchy system, does that mean that the city and county and its customers uh, are in better shape than other places that get their water elsewhere? You know, this, this is the interesting thing about California water is that there are a lot of different sources. And so, for example, within the Bay Area, um, you know, communities have have their own t- t- tap different sources. I live in the East Bay, and we depend on a different reservoir from San Francisco and the and San Mateo County. Um, so, you know, conditions are dry generally, but the the extent of severity in in any local community is going to depend on on their specific storage um, resources. So that's why right now Southern California is not in as bad shape for example, because they've really socked away a lot of water and, and they're asking folks to be careful, obviously, but they're not in, they're not in the kind of mandatory conservation situation yet that, that Santa Clara is or, or that Marin is. We're talking about the drought situation, how to conserve water with Ellen Hannock, Vice President and Director of the Water Policy Center at the Public Policy Institute of California, and Gary Kremen, Vice Chair of the Valley Water Board of Directors. Give us a call if you'd like to join us. What are your questions about the drought at this Geez, it's only it's not even mid-June, and we're already talking about no snowpack and, and water rationing, perhaps. Uh, give us a call at 866-733-6786 is the number. Uh, and you can also get in touch, as always, on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email. That's an option as well. Forum at kqed.org. Scott Schaefer here this hour. We are talking water for the rest of the hour. We'd love you to join us. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here. We're talking about the drought and how to conserve water with Ellen Hannock. She's vice president and director of the Water Policy Center with the Public Policy Institute of California. And Gary Kremen, vice chair of the Valley Water Board of Directors. We'd love to hear from you. What are your questions about the drought? What are you doing to conserve water at home or at the office if you're at the office? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. Or Facebook and Twitter. We're at KQED Forum and email. It's forum at kqed.org. Um, Ellen, let me come back to you. What should consumers be doing at this point? I mean, we're talking, we're hearing from, you know, some of the water districts that they're going to be imposing things. But what should we be doing and how is it different from what we should be doing all the time in California? So, you know, we, we always should be mindful of how much water we're using um, in the same way with energy and, you know, all, all of our, all of our natural resources and you know, California residents um, have been really good at this uh, over the years. We've seen just tremendous declines in how much water people use per person. Um, and you see that both, you know, indoors was where that happened first um, with, the arrival of sort of low water using appliances and and plumbing fixtures. But in the last drought, people also got better at outdoor water use uh, conservation and, you know, sort of being being more careful with how much watering you're doing outside. Some people change their landscapes to be less thirsty. Um, And in a drought, um, you know, you want to tighten your belt even more um, and, and kind of find those ways to, 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 to go the extra mile. So things like right now, taking shorter showers. Um, I saw that that was part of the, the announcement for this show, but you know, it's true. If everybody takes a, a shower, that's a little bit less long, that's going to save a, a, a lot of water. It adds up um, things like uh, don't running, not don't run the dishwasher. If it's only half full um, things like, you know, same thing with your, with your washing machine. Um, checking to make sure that you're only watering your plants when you really need to. Um, those, those are easy things to do that don't require new investments. Um, and and a, a, anybody can do that. And during during a drought, it's just good to good good to be especially careful about that. Gary, what would you add to that? What would you like to see your customers do? Yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, in Santa Clara County, which includes the city of San Jose. If you look at the breakdown of water usage, 31% is used by business. And since there's a profit motive, they're pretty tight on that. And 55% is divided by residential use and outdoor usage. It's the same thing. Showers, toilets, leaks, uh, clothes, faucets, and watering, having controllers. Uh, So you only water at the right time. And maybe this year you might skip some things like uh, you might skip your roses and you want to focus on your trees. You don't want those to die. Hmm. Um, the water districts, our water districts done things like paint. We're paying people tons of money to rip their grass out. Um, rainwater barrels, 
cistern, cisterns, um, free inspections, and of course, short, shorter showers or maybe to shower with someone. Hmm. What about uh, recycled water, uh, gray water, uh, or, you know, I'm, there are some, you know, advanced sort of purified water systems. Um, what kind of role might that play in the, in the Bay Area, Gary? So there, those are slightly different. Gray water is maybe if you take water from your uh, laundry and filter it slightly the and put it on your uh, ornamental landscaping. Recycling are usually centralized projects uh, that take wastewater and turn it into indirect potable water, which is water we put on the ground to uh, recharge our aquifer or um, eventually direct drink. There's positives and negatives. You know, during a drought, you don't have as much water for recycling, but it is more drought proof. It's way more expensive than, let's say, water through the Delta. So it brings up some social justice issues if you believe water is a human right. But we are going ahead with that strongly. Let's give some uh, listener comments here, and I'll give the phone number out again as well, 866-733-6786. 866-733-6786. Gordon writes, I live in San Mateo County, which is largely served by the Hetch Hetchy system. I read vague articles in the Chronicle that say that the Hetch Hetchy system is nearly full capacity and San Mateo is unlikely to face water restrictions. Shouldn't we be conserving for future years and or diverting to areas where water is needed this year? Uh, Ellen, uh, we touched on that earlier, Hetch Hetchy, but it does point out that you know, depending on where you are, you're getting water from different places in the Bay Area and also your situation is very different. Definitely. You know, the, the, it, it varies. And, you know, I, I, what I'll say is that every water manager is thinking not only about the drought this year, but also what might happen next year. And, you know, there's a good chance if this year is dry, that next year could be dry. And so, um, a lot of what folks are doing now in terms of management is, is really thinking about how to, how to be prepared for, for another dry year as well. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's important to, 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 you know, for, for folks to be, to be already cautious and mindful of mindful of what they're using, um, whether that means that the city of San Francisco should, sell water or, you know, share water with somebody else. I I can, I can tell you that Bay area managers are in conversation with each other and making sure to, to identify hot spots. And there was incredible cooperation in the last drought. And, and one of the things that was really important in in terms of that cooperation was uh, addressing problems in smaller communities that are not connected to the, to the main systems, the big, the big utilities to make sure that, somebody was able to get water to them. Hmm. Um, So that's going to happen again this time. We know that in California, agriculture uses the vast majority of the water. It's north of 85%, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alan. Is that that more or less right? About 80, yeah. yeah. Of of the water that is used by people in the economy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, here's a a list. Let me add to that. Sure, Gary. Two things. Um, I actually represent the Hetch Hetchy parts of Santa Clara County. And... uh, They are facing their own challenges. You know, we like to say very concerned this year, grim next year, uh, due to uh, certain, something called the Bay Delta plan. There's talk of their water supply being cut 40%, which is really going to be tough on communities, disadvantaged communities like East Palo Alto. 
So even though the Hetch system is in better shape right now, there's some regulatory and legal reasons and drought that it could be of a world of hurt next year. Coming back to the agriculture question, Tom writes, which California crops today are the water guzzlers? What should replace those crops? Also, how much do golf courses, lawns, and other urban water users impact the water supply? Let me start with you, Ellen, on the crops. I know that, uh, I believe, almond crops, almond trees, rather, are are big water guzzlers. Uh, What else? Well, so... The word guzzler is kind of, it, 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 it <laughs> implies something, you know, it's kind of a value judgment that, that I like to avoid because um, these are all products that, you know, we, we eat. Um, so um, we, we, we should th- think about them just in, in terms of sort of their, their end uses too. But uh, most crops in California need irrigation pretty much most of the year in or you know most of the growing season to to to, to survive um you apply more water to some things than others the the amount that they use ends up being you know within the range of two and a half to to three feet of water on an acre of land is what what the crops end up consuming um some of them you apply more like rice you apply about five but then the crop only uses about three um, the one that probably the fields that consume the most are actually alfalfa um, because we you, they they get harvested a few times a year. Um, but I think that that it's it, when in in the urban sector, folks like to kind of focus on how much water a, a, a crop uses um, and and kind of think that farmers should make a decision strictly based on that. Where for agriculture, what really matters is what are the costs of all of your inputs water included, that's a big one. Um, and then what is your market price? And when you look at your cost and then what you can sell the product for, you know, which, which things come out on top. So California agriculture has been moving over time toward more dollars per drop. So uh, the shift toward almonds and, and higher value fruits and vegetables, you know, or, orchard crops in particular has been really an economic decision motivated in part by the fact that water is is scarcer now than it, mm. than it used to be, um, you know. What, what about wine grapes? I mean, I, I was up in Sonoma, Napa o- over the last the weekend, and it's, it's just as far as the eye can see, there's vineyards. Uh, they don't, you know, from just just the way it looks, it's, it doesn't look like they use a lot of water. Um, so I would imagine that they're fairly efficient as crops go and high value as well. But what's your take? Well, so the you know there are wine grapes and wine grapes. Um, uh, so the the very um, sort of the elite wine grapes that you know are are going into bottles of wine that are pricey. Um, those are don't don't get watered as much, but there's a limited market for that too. So you know you can you can do that in in Napa and Sonoma and a few other places, but a lot of the acreage that's in wine grapes in California is for less expensive wines and the in those cases the, the yield you know the amount you're harvesting per acre matters a lot so they the, so they take they take more water here's a comment from yeah. oh yeah gary if, do you if want i to... may follow up on please, that please you know since since the gold rush days the 49ers there's been a fight in california between urban users uh agricultural you know the the the, the, the triad you know urban ag versus environment uh, you know, we have a system that was built for 10 million people. We have 40 million here. When it was built, 
no one was sub no one was consciously saying we should allocate 50 percent for environmental flows so there's definitely a lot of challenges you know it's it's hard to just and and, and i agree uh, you know, just singling out one crop is not the solution. It's If it was so easy, we would have figured this one out a long time ago. What about the point that uh, Tom, the listener, made earlier, or the question really, Gary, about golf courses? Uh, uh, there are some, of course, in the Bay Area. There are more in other places like uh, the Riverside County, Palm Springs area. But uh, w- w- how does that affect uh, the water? Uh, how much water use is there? A lot of our golf courses are using recycled wastewater. Uh, so what's known as purple pipe water uh, that maybe normally would flow out to the bay and others are on wells. But I think that's kind of society has to make a decision, probably through elected officials, what is the beneficial use of water? Hmm. Well, speaking of elected officials, Kathy writes, why isn't Governor Newsom screaming from the mountaintops to conserve? Remember Jerry Brown? If it's yellow, let it mellow. Um, there are a lot of politics in all this, Ellen, and Probably few people know it better than you. Um, the governor has declared some uh, emergencies in many counties. Uh, talk about where the state government is on this and the governor in particular so far. Right. So at this point, the um, governor has declared emergencies in most of the counties in the state. Um, I think it's it's pretty much, you know, so the Southern California counties are, are not in, in an emergency declaration, and there, there are a few others in uh, um, to the east, I think. But uh, where there's an emergency declaration, you have to think about, okay, what does the emergency declaration allow you to do? Um, and it's things like Gary mentioned of when you need to have, to be able to move something through faster, you need a faster approval process, you need exceptions to the normal review for doing something uh, like, putting in place um, mandatory, um, you know, mandatory requirements that people stop diverting water from a river um, or what they're talking, they're planning on doing in the Delta right now to, to help keep salt water from getting in and, and salting up the, the water supplies. They're, they're putting in a, a barrier like they did um, last, last drought. Uh, that's the kind of thing in order to do it fast, you need an emergency authorization. What was done in the last drought, which was controversial, I have to say, in the in the urban sector, was that the governor Brown, on top of what local districts were doing, uh, you know, local water utilities were doing in terms of, of their own mandatory or voluntary calls for conservation, the state came in and and also imposed mandatory conservation, and it was controversial because um, in some places they were not in the dire shape that required the level of conservation that the state imposed on them. And so it ended up kind of wreaking some havoc in the, in the local planning and investment process. And some agencies lost a lot of money on water that they had planned on and they invested in. And so the approach this year is this time is to have much better communication with the locals and kind of let them drive that. Um, and and only get help from the state on that kind of thing if they need it. Well, and in addition to politics, there is sort of psychology. I mean, we're all 
<laughs> tired of wearing masks. Uh, we've had social distancing. We've had all kinds of restrictions placed on us. And it's working. I mean, we seem to be at the very, hopefully, the end of the pandemic in many ways. Uh, but, uh, Gary, how do you, as vice chair of the Valley Water Board of Directors, think about that? In other words, what can you ask of people, given that we've been asked for the last 18 months or so to make all kinds of changes that many of us have you know, not been too happy about? Yeah, so, you know, in Valley Water, we represent 2 million people. Um, we actually don't have enforcement powers to actually tell people whether they can water uh, their lawns and on what day. Uh, we're actually, we like the carrot approach better than the stick approach, like I'm saying rebates to take um, grass and replace it with uh, other uh, plants that use less. Um, but you, what you got to remember is how we think of it is it's kind of like a plane at 30,000 feet. The engines have stopped. Do you want to do something at 23,000 feet or do you want to wait for a thousand feet? And hmm. we think next year could be extraordinarily dire, could be the 1,000 foot scenario. Hmm. So we believe in acting now. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. We're getting short on time, but uh, let me just get to some listener comments. One listener tweets, uh, I've seen plenty of places around my neighborhood that we have leaky or broken sprinklers in Santa Clara County. How do we report those to get them fixed? Gary? Uh, on the valleywater.org website, we have a water waster tip line. And if you go there, we don't arrest anyone. Again, we just walk up to you and say, feel free to fix it. And here might be a rebate to fix your sprinklers. Again, we're working on the carrot approach first. Yeah. Another listener uh, says, if we let our lawns and landscaping go, I worry that the dry landscape will be fuel for future wildfires. I've heard that grass can be a good fire break. Uh, Ellen, of course, we haven't talked about wildfires, but all these things are connected. I mean, climate change and the reservoirs evaporating, warmer temperatures, uh, less snowpack, less rain. I mean, it's all connected, isn't it? It is. It is. I would say um, if you're in a if you're not in a wildland interface, I wouldn't worry a whole lot about uh, letting your grass get a little brown if if if, uh, if that's necessary in terms of water savings. In, in some ways, going forward, uh, that may be the least of it, a brown lawn, if we, if we don't get some 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 wet weather in the next year or so. Right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks thanks to both of you very much. Ellen Hannock, Vice President and Director of the Water Policy Center at the Public Policy Institute of California, and Gary Kremen, Vice Chair, Valley Water Board of Directors. Thank you both very much for joining us. And thanks to all the listeners. We had some great comments, and uh, obviously we'll be returning to this topic before too long. I'm Scott Schaefer. Stick around for another hour of Forum with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.